0: Hey, great to have you here, and uh, it's great to be launching 2014 with you guys, and for some of you for the first time, right? And uh, hey, last week was an interesting week, wasn't it? And uh, hey, beautiful weather out there now. Last I saw, anyway, it was sunshiny and 30-something and looking good. So, love it. Love what God's doing. This uh, weather's been interesting around here lately, huh? So we're in a new series here. We're in a series called Gospel Deep, His Glory Unleashed. Gospel deep. His glory unleashed. Right? We're walking through the book of Romans and we're looking at what God's doing. It's all about His glory. That's what the gospel message is. All about His glory. And so one through three of Romans was all about how we've trampled on His glory. Uh, we made it about us. We made it about our wants and our self and our sin. And that's Romans one through three. And then Romans four and five was, but He's got a solution and a fix. And his glory restored. And so Jesus Christ and him representing for us. And while through the one man, Adam, there was destruction that came upon all of us, condemnation. So through the one man, Jesus Christ, we have hope. We have victory. We have life. And his glory restored. Okay? Now in 6 and 7, it's his glory unleashed. I'm telling you that's not just some future solution. His glory being patched up. It's for right here and right now. His glory unleashed. That's Romans 6 and 7, and that's where we are. So do me a favor. Let's just turn to Romans chapter 6, verse 5. Romans 6, verse 5. We've got ushers coming forward. they got Bibles in their hands. So if uh, you don't have a Bible, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you. Uh, Romans 6, verse 5. We're going to be talking about freedom from sin. Freedom from sin. Some of us are like, I'm not feeling very free, man. And uh let's walk through it today, okay? Let's understand what our position is, and then let's understand practically how we can go about that, all right? Freedom from sin. So first, the first point, uh, we died with Christ, position, we died with Christ, so let's live as one set free from sin. We died with Christ, so live as one set free from sin. We'll start in verse 5, it says, for if we have been united with him in death like his, We shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His. We know that our old self was crucified with Him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Okay, so let's just walk through it piece by piece. For if we have been united with him in his death, we talked about that in verses 1 through 4 last week. If you weren't with us, catch that. It's online. You can go there and hear that. It's a great setup for what goes on in the rest of Romans chapter 6, all right? We are united with him in his death. United. It's a big deal. We get to take advantage of what he's done. Two words that you might want to write down that go with united. Uh, Substitutionary. Like, he replaces what we owed. Uh, the gospel in three words, him for me. Right? That's what it means to be united with him. He died for me. And uh, how often do we keep trying to die ourselves somehow to earn something to get a privilege? But you know, he's got it covered, and what he's done is enough. Him for me, substitutionary. Uh, the other piece, though, is representative it's more than just him replacing. He's also representing for all of us. And then he can now lavish back out upon us. Those are two big theological words that he substitutes and he represents. And got at work with us and for us through Jesus Christ. And uh, it says if we've been united in his death. That thing that brought so much pain. and So much heartache. That caused the creator of the universe to. To humble himself for you and for me. If, if that's where we were united, certainly, right? The word certainly is put there and it, it means obviously. Uh, no questions asked about this one. If we're united with him in his death, certainly we'll be united with him in his life. Certainly we'll be united with him in his resurrection like his. Uh, Jesus Christ rose again from the dead. He did not just die and that was the end of it and some would love to teach. He's a good guy He taught some great stuff and he died Well, you got a fraction of the story there Jesus Christ creator of the universe Colossians 1 Jesus Christ He spoke it into existence. Jesus Christ He holds it together by his very presence. Jesus Christ. He lived a perfect life Jesus Christ, His death rumbled through the universe as payment was made for you and for me. Access now made available. All that true. And then three days later, He rose again from the dead. Our God reigns and rules. Amen? Our God has victory over death. Nothing holds Him down. That's our Jesus Christ. And surely if we've been united with Him in death... Penalty paid, we will be united with him in his resurrection, in life, in victory, in hope. And in... may we experience that. Maybe we're not at the moment. By the end of today, may you be on your way to experiencing that victory and that hope and that life in him. All right? It says, that we would experience the resurrection with him, we know that our old self was crucified with him. We know, now just so you know, that word know, there's a couple different knows in the original language. This is one that kind of implies sort of an experiential knowledge. You're gaining and grasping as you go along. It's not just something innate and built into you, but you sort of gain it as you go along. You're living with him and you're seeing this to be true and, and you're finding it true in the word and you know... Right. It says we know that we have been crucified with him. Well, in fact, our old self. So we start out me wanting it all about me. And then old self is crucified. And we're going to talk about what that means in just a second here. Our old self was crucified with him in order that in order just everybody say purpose statement. When you see the words in order that it means this is why. Why is our old self crucified? Purpose statement, that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. That the body of sin might be brought to nothing. This phrase, body of sin, it basically means that ruling entity over you, that that which had rule over you and owned you, no longer does. Okay? That's what it means. Brought to nothing is what it says. And uh, in the King James, it says, destroyed. And uh, that could be... A little dangerous. We might misunderstand there with that word. It's best to understand it as brought to nothing, like the ESV has put. It has no authority or power. Uh, Dethroned was the word we used last week, right? There is a throne of your heart. And Jesus Christ should be sitting on that throne and if we trust in him and we long for him and we worship him We say lord, please forgive me. I want to worship you and have you be my lord Then we place him on the throne and then there's times where we're like I'd like to climb up there with you And so we climb in the throne and we sit alongside of him and we bring our sin with and we say isn't this so awesome As we're like crowding out the king from his throne Much like you and your lazy boy chair right and all of a sudden you're loaded up with kids and dogs and stuff and it's not very comfortable anymore. And, and our job is to get off that throne, take our sin off that throne and make sure Christ squarely on that throne alone, reigning and ruling. Uh, we no longer have to respond to sin. Sin does not need to reign in your life. Okay? Brought to nothing. That's what it says. That's what it means. Our old self is crucified. And uh, let's just talk about that for a little bit. All right. I tried to get into the understanding of we're going to have to talk a little bit about who you are. And if we're talking about this old self, we're going to have to talk a little bit about your makeup and what you look like. And and so I put together a slide here. This comes from Romans chapter eight, verse six. All right. Let's pop the slide up. So this is pretty simple. And it's just basically saying, don't set your mind on the things of the flesh, but set your mind on the things of the spirit. Our mind on the things of the flesh, well, that leads to death. And our mind on the things of the spirit, well, that leads to life and peace. And that's Romans 8, verse 6. That's a simple understanding of you. And, and as you're going through your daily living, this is what's happening. You're taking your mind, the, basically the control center of you, the decision-making of you, and you're placing it on something. The flesh, well, that's that part of you that basically always thinks about you that's that part of you that's always like man that would feel good can you imagine if, right and and ah oh, i'm so wanting this right now flesh right this hungering this panging this wanting for what is absolutely just all about feelings and flesh in you okay the flesh in us that's what's banging and so this is a great look at the unbeliever like before we're with christ notice the little s spirit Just that part of us that has the possibility of awareness with God, but in fact is completely unaware of him. All right. This would be a simple understanding of us, the mind and the flesh and the spirit and the flesh banging on your head saying, think about these feelings, right? And then your, your little less spirit going, well, that could be a good idea because our spirit before we're saved is kind of like all about us anyway. We're like, why don't we do that? What a great decision. And, and we start running off into the feel-good land, okay? Let's go to the next slide. So what is this old self? Well, that might be a good way to think of it. It's simplistic, okay? I don't want to overstate it. There's not a great definition within Scripture of what the old self means, but clearly it involves that, that whole of you that's kind of the, not the body part, but the other Right the immaterial part of you and so that mind and the spirit and this would include your emotions your will all that stuff within it This is your old self and notice the words on the bottom hostile to god That's biblical scriptural, right that we're unrighteous That we're self-centered we go after our own thing and this is what we look like as unbelievers. No wonder. We're not very pleasing to god, right and for all have sinned and come short Well, for all have sinned, they live for themselves. And this is a great drawing of where we're at before Christ, all right? It can be a great drawing for you to have written down, to even get that pen down so you're thinking about it, because I'm telling you, it's going to make a big difference in just a second as we start talking about solution, all right? So pretty simple, the mind, the flesh, the spirit, the old self kind of includes that mind and spirit piece, and we've got that flesh kind of hanging out there. How come it doesn't include the flesh? Hang on, we're going to see that here. So let's go to the next slide this is what happens when we trust christ now i come to trust christ all right and i get this new self and the old self crucified and and that word literally means right tacked up killed removed why use the word crucified well because he's saying that in christ these things have happened And so Christ was crucified. So let's speak of it as crucified, right? He could have used an employment analogy, right? Like you used to report to sin. Now sin reports to you, right? He could talk about it that way, but he talked about it with regard to what Christ went through, the crucifixion and the death. This word literally means to be killed, okay? And so you have to wrestle with it. Some would say that means absolutely removed from you. The old self is gone. Some would say, no, I think it still hangs around, but, but definitely dethroned. And look, can we just agree with this? Crucified's a bad thing. Can we agree with that? Like whatever's going on, the old self is, like, that's a bad thing going down, man. He is absolutely dethroned, removed, maybe even completely obliterated old self. Okay. And so you end up with, let's go back to that slide with the new self up there. I want to make sure we talk through this. You see where it says renewing the mind up on top. This is what's happening to you as a believer. And notice the spirit on the bottom, capital S. You now have the Holy Spirit present in you. And so Romans 8, 9 and 10, it talks about the indwelling of the capital S, Holy Spirit in you. And as the Holy Spirit in you starts pouring his glory on you, guess what starts happening? Your mind starts being renewed. It takes you from one level of glory to the next. Second Corinthians chapter three. This is the image of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Big deal that now we have this new self growing to be more like him. Our mind being renewed steadily and regularly to look more like him. The Holy Spirit capital S in me. And as I cooperate with him as I reflect upon him as I Apologize and confess whatever I need to do there with sin to say it's done I repent I'm over with it in the spirit in agreement with that He starts pouring on his glory in that area and a renewing of your mind starts coming That's it man That's the christian walk and how come I keep struggling with sin? Well, take a look at the picture. You've got this flesh hanging off on the side Still banging into your mind saying, oh, you should so want this. This is so going to feel good for you. And even as a believer, you've got this panging that comes, the flesh. But as you grow, as your mind is renewed, you have this ability to go, oh, so not listening to that. Are you seeing it? That's growth, man. It's not that you don't all of a sudden have these pangs coming in speaking. They're there for life here on earth. The flesh, it never says the flesh is removed or killed. Never says that in scripture. In fact, it says there's a battle between flesh and spirit and they're speaking opposite words. And so you're going to have the banging of the flesh into your mind saying, so take this feeling. You you want that taste, you want that hunger, you want that appetite satisfied and get it now. Who cares about sin? But as your mind is renewed, You have the ability to say, no way. May my Holy Spirit present within me be the one that's honored. I listen to him instead. Do you hear me? So let me ask you if I'm a believer and I have this thing that pops up in my head that I, maybe I should, what about, that could feel good if. Does that mean I'm no longer saved? How could I have thought such a thing? And what's it mean, man? Look at the picture. We got the flesh banging into the mind screaming, you might want this. And God has said, it's going to remain this side of heaven. The flesh, it's part of the condemnation. I don't know if you remember back in Romans 1, we talked about the, the punishment that comes, the wrath of God that comes on sin. And the, while the core is removed, the shell of wrath still touches us and flesh Still banging in on us and we need to be able to stand up against its ridiculous requests. Okay Go ahead and eat beyond all measure Go for it man Drink whatever you need to drink whatever how much you need to drink and who cares if you're drunk and sleep with whoever you want to sleep with and don't worry about the boundaries of marriage and Oh, come on, just tell a little lie. Who cares? Maybe you won't get busted this time and get through it, man. Did you hear what so-and-so said or did? They're such a loser. Let's talk about them for a little while so the heat's not on me. And all that is built into us and continues to scream. And the renewing of our mind is what says, talk to the hand. Not listening to that moving towards capital ass Holy Spirit and what he has to say That's what we're going after. All right, you will have the flesh speaking Let's just not listen deal the old self is crucified done No authority in it purpose that the body of sin might be done away with No authority whatsoever. You don't have to listen to the flesh. Uh, Okay, get this. America now says, dude, you got to be true to yourself though. Right? And and if you're feeling it, man, then... And uh, I'm just telling you, uh, as a believer, you have a form of schizophrenia in your feelings. Do you understand me? There are things you're going to want that you have no business wanting, flesh, And there are things you're going to want that you have every business wanting, Holy Spirit. And you listen to the Spirit and you let him have his way and you get on your knees before him. And you let him transform your mind and renew you one day at a time from one degree of glory to the next. And you will have victory, period, promised, guaranteed. And all of God's people said, that's where it's at. All right, that's what we're going after. All right, it says and our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. Please, you do not have to listen, right? So that, another purpose statement, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Enslaved. And these are aggressive words. Shackled. Forced to do what it says. That's what enslaved means. No longer. Shackles are gone. You don't have to listen. You do not sit under the authority of sin. When flesh speaks, you do not have to listen. The Holy Spirit there with the mind being renewed and transformed along the way. And you have the ability to say, no, I move on. I am not going to listen to that. Take that way of escape, get away from the flesh screaming at you, and you will see victory. Let the Holy Spirit be able to lead and guide there, all right? This is a huge deal. No longer enslaved. Uh, enslaved. You were inter- eternally indebted to sin. Did you know that? Through Adam and through your own sinful choices, you were living for you forever under the penalty of sin covered in jesus christ sin it train wrecks us it rips us apart there's a daily struggle and there's an eternal struggle and and without jesus christ it's not satisfied or resolved and with him we are uh, no longer enslaved to sin you've been given your freedom papers and for many of us we're not living like it We set that paper on the desk or the counter and we're like, isn't it awesome that I no longer have to listen? Now I'm going to go listen. And uh, why? Because somehow deep within us, we become satisfied with those feelings and they're enough. We so sell God short. You hearing me? We're so willing to live with those momentary feelings of self being gratified now and all about me that we don't worry. We don't think about what it means for his glory to be lifted up and what it means to experience him personally, powerfully, passionately. May our God be celebrated, not our gut, not just me and my thoughts and my feelings that are train wrecked off. All right. It says right after it uh, for one who has died has been set free from sin Man can some bad theology come off of that, right? Set free you should never sin again If you ever do sin you're not saved and uh, wow, can you make some bad theology up there, right? That is not what that means. Everybody say not Not. Please be careful. That is not what that means Set free means you don't have to listen Listen Set free means it's dethroned. There is no authority. Otherwise, why would we go to Galatians 5 and it says the flesh and the spirit are battling with each other? What are we talking about? Why do we go to Romans 7 and see Paul saying the good that I want to do, I'm not doing and that that I don't want to do, I find myself doing and what's going on. There's battle, man. There's war being waged. Set free means you don't have to listen. It has no authority and it has no power. Time for us to live that way. All right. Time for us to live that way, set free, I just put these three things down. You want to write three words about set free? first, uh, justified I've heard that word before, right? Set free, you are free from the penalty of sin, justified, you are free from the penalty of sin. You no longer have the penalty that takes us away from our God for all of eternity, covered in Jesus Christ. Not because of anything you do, not because of anything you say. His work at the cross, we simply say, Lord, please forgive us, and that's it. All right? His work, and it's done. Justified. Uh, We are set free from the penalty of sin. Sanctified. You are... Uh, Progressively being set free from the power of sin You are set free from the power of sin You do not have to listen To the flesh Banging at your heart and mind's door You do not You are set free from that power In the moment you might not feel very free In the moment in fact it might feel like it has such a grip on you that you don't even feel like this passage is true But i'm just telling you That's an indication of an area where you need your mind renewed to agree with your God because with his authority and power, you can have the victory. All right. Free from its power. No longer needing to listen. If you've been made aware of it by the Holy Spirit, trust me, he's ready to work on it. Got that? If he's been making you aware of a sin... He's speaking to you about his willingness to be working right there, right now. And you can have victory power over sin. You've been set free from the power of sin. It's been dethroned. And then the last one, not just justified, not just sanctified, but glorified. This is a future tense. Uh, You will be set free from the presence of sin. You will be set free from the presence of sin. There's a point where God will do an amazing work in us. It's called glorification, where all of a sudden the body is dropped, the flesh is dropped, and we are left with just our king, our new self. And that perfected and glorified there will be no more tears. There will be no more shedding a tear There will be no more pain our god glorified in perfection As we now worship him completely as we should everybody get that We will be free of sin. That is a future tense Heaven side. Okay, that's what we're talking about. So justified sanctified and glorified and man We better understand sin Because all of a sudden we're in the midst of it and we're like, I can't get victory over this. Romans 6 must not be true. And what else isn't true in the Bible then? And we start train wrecking our own hope. I'm telling you, the power's been removed. Now you just have one request, one job to do. And we'll get to that in point number three, okay? So simply put, we're set free. I'm telling you that uh, this last week was um, Blizzard Sunday. That's what we're nicknaming it. We had Tornado Sunday. That was November 17th. Last week was Blizzard Sunday. And, and uh, you know, it just kind of kept getting worse and worse throughout the morning. We had, I, I don't even remember the number, but over 700 some here. So it was great. We do worship. Hey, wh- when do you guys meet, by the way? What's up with that? And uh, just let me tell you, we do walk through some things as an elder board and we do have some absolutes. We look for a certain amount of snow on the ground, unplowed, if it's six to eight inches unplowed, if there's ice on the ground that you can't fix and it's dangerous to drive on that, then we're not going to meet. If there's minus 15, minus 20 temps, we're not going to meet. So like we canceled the high school thing that night on Sunday night. Uh, otherwise we're going to meet. Okay. We have like 40 communities represented in this church. And uh, so we'll be meeting most of the time. How do I know when you're not meeting? Uh, we'll have it up on our banner on the website, okay? We'll have it on Facebook. We'll have tried to have gotten a mass email to you. So if you've been with us in the last 16 weeks, you'll probably have gotten an email from us saying it's off. But check the website, look for your email, uh, all that stuff, all right? There'll also be a ticker running on MBD that'll tell us it's off. Uh, I'm telling you most of the time we're going to be on, okay? But here's our request. Please always be careful as a family. To Make the decision that's best for you. All right. We don't know what it's like on your street Do you know what i'm saying? So you make the best decision and we're good with that and we're good with whatever decisions were made last week I just want to tell you in general we go after worshiping our king And we're going to try to make it available to the broader community. So last week we were open All right. We had about 700 here for blizzard sunday. I had a family that came up after the uh after the sermon and they said hey i want to introduce you to some people so one young couple they come to this church and they've been really passionate and excited about what's going on here and their mom and dad have started coming to the church with them and they're getting pretty fired up and god's doing some big things in their life and isn't it amazing when you experience victory how much fun it is to actually follow christ right And they're getting more and more fired up. And so they're telling the rest of their family. They're like, oh, we got to introduce you to some more people. And got a sibling in from downstate. And come on over, let me introduce you to her. And we got other siblings in there from like California. And come on over, we got to introduce you to them. And they're all fired up. They're like, man, we just wanted to see this church where our people, where our family's getting all fired up. And I looked at the mom and she said, I'm just telling you, we're a miracle family. God's doing huge things in our life. And we're so excited about what's happening. And uh, praise God for that. Amen. And, uh, hey, man, that can be yours. Right here, right now, victory, fired up. God getting the glory as you set aside the flesh screaming and go after victory in him. And you let your mind be set on the things of the spirit, not the things of the flesh. All right. Your old self is crucified. Can I say it a number of different ways? Right. Freedom. So simple question. Do you see that you're free from sin? Do you get that? Free from sin and its decision making power over you? You actually have the decision making power. If you've trusted Christ as your Savior, Holy Spirit now resident within you, transforming you, you have the power. You have your God. Have a relationship with Him. You're free from sin's penalty. You're free from sin's power. Question, are you living like it? Are you taking and claiming that victory for 2014? Maybe let's ask it this way. What sin is it that's got you perplexed? You repeat it. You can't get victory over it. You don't understand why it's so tasty to you. But it is we we'll get real on it. The flesh is speaking to you in that area and your mind is deciding it sounds better than the Holy Spirit right now. Time for us to start getting on our knees before our King and saying, Holy Spirit, what do you need to teach me? Please transform my mind, renew my mind that I might see this through your eyes. Victory in 2014. Lord, I'm looking for victory over this sin that you might be glorified. Get that sin and give it over to him with all you've got let's live in the victory that he's given us all right number two we have risen with christ consider yourself alive in him we have risen with christ consider yourself alive in him start at verse eight it says now if we have died with christ we believe that we will also live with him Kind of back to the same thing that the prior section started out with. I believe that if we've died with him, we'll live with him. I believe that if he's paid the price on the cross through his resurrection, we have great things in store, man. That's what's available to us. And uh, he says right after it, I believe that uh, we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, get ready, will never die again. And that's worth an amen. Jesus Christ in His power. Get ready, I need a response. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Man, that's hope. Jesus Christ has victory, He has authority. It is won and done, and He's the winner. Period. That's the way it goes down. Our Savior, our Redeemer, Our king, it's not an if, it's not a might, it's not a maybe, it's an is, and it's done. Jesus Christ, hope in him, power in him, may he be glorified. That's life in our savior, all right? It says simply that he will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. Man, just mull on that for a little. What? You mean death had dominion over him for a little bit? Yeah, only what he allowed. That's what Philippians 2 is talking about when he humbled himself and became a man and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. He's handing it over. He's kneeling down and saying, I sit underneath the confines of this physical world and the death that's coming through destruction in this world. I will let it touch me once and it's over. Are you hearing me? Death is warranted for you and for me. We are condemned through our sin. death is not warranted to a perfect Savior who never, ever failed. And as Jesus Christ took on death, it was not fair. It was not just. It was not right. And he took it on once for you and for me. And so it says right after it, uh, once for all. Once for all. For the death he died, he died to sin once For all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. He put himself under and humbled himself for a moment. And now he lives with the glory of God at the center. And that's what you and I are called to do as well. Dead to sin, alive to him, that he might be glorified. It says for the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God. In Christ Jesus, dead to sin. Remember that sin we were just talking about in the first section? The one that's screaming at you, that flesh has kind of got you. It keeps keeps talking to you in one area and your mind is like, it keeps sounding good to me. And uh, you're dead to that. You don't need to listen there. And you can have transforming and renewing power over that through the Holy Spirit's power in your life. And uh, dead to that. That needs to be our response when sin's coming up. Uh, What's our response? Dead Dead to that. Like, I don't need to listen there, man. You have no authority. That speak is ridiculous. I'm done. That's the flesh talking. No longer listening. Talk to the hand. Dead to that. I'm listening to the Holy Spirit and what He has to say. All right. Now, I'm hoping that Some of you sitting here are like, that sounds an awful lot like muscling it. That sounds an awful lot like I'm just supposed to really be forceful and we'll see what happens. And how do we hook that with what we've been teaching around here for the last three years? That it isn't just muscling it, that somehow God has his way in it. And how do we make that clear? How do I consider that I'm dead to that, right? That's what it says to do. Consider it. Oh, that's all I need to do. Just consider it. And like in the moment when this thing is panging on you, you're like, "Eh, never mind. I'm just, I'm dead to that. And it'll be that easy. Really? Or does it actually have some kind of grip that you can't quite explain? And and so what's going on and how do we get around it? All right. Three steps to considering it. How do I consider I'm dead to that? Let's go ahead and throw the slide up. We're going to do it through a picture. And uh, remember, this is the one where we are, right? This is who we are. If we've trusted Christ as our Savior, we have the mind and the flesh and the Spirit. And if you've trusted Christ, you have the Holy Spirit in you, and He's renewing your mind. You got that picture in head? Right? So the mind, the flesh, and the Spirit. So how do I go after this three steps? Go to the next slide here, please. This is it. This is what it's going to look like. All right? So real simple, just draw a triangle. And on the top, put worship. And on the side, truth. And on the other side, will. This is a three-pronged attack to victory. All too often, we go with one prong. We'll talk about that in a second. All right? So just so you notice, under worship, I put heart and soul, and under truth, mind, and under will, strength, right? So heart and soul and mind and strength. Does that sound familiar? Luke 10, 27, and as Christ is explaining how we should love the Lord our God, this is the holistic approach to it. Heart and soul and mind and strength that that we're walking after it this way. Okay And so worship this is where you understand it's about his glory You long for him to get his way. You're simply saying I want to know you and adore you There's times where you're confessing sin There's times where you're reading his word. There's times where you're communicating with Him and listening back worship You're talking with your god and you know him and adore him Has to be in there if it's not in there you're just muscling it. All right. Time with him. And uh, we're actually told in Second Corinthians 3, when we spend time with the Holy Spirit, he pours over us. It's his glory changing us. It's that worship moment that's unleashing the power of the spirit in our lives. If you don't have the worship element going, you won't have the power of the spirit, period. Let me rephrase that. Or restate that if you don't have the worship moment, you won't have the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the only place where victory is guaranteed. Be very careful. Worship. Okay, that's heart and soul. And then truth. That's where we're getting into God's word. We're hearing through sermons and through friends sharing and through time in the impact groups as we shape with each other as God's word shapes us. Truth, it speaks to our mind as we begin to grasp it. Okay, And then the last one is the will. This is where you put it into action. Have you noticed that? Scripture always calls us to get active on it. Exercise yourself unto godliness or whatever might be there. And uh, we are called to cooperate. And if we're not cooperating, there will be some level of victory that is lost. Period. We won't have it. So check this out. If I just take the truth... Um, I know what's supposed to be right. Victory. And unfortunately, five seconds later, whatever happens and, and I tail off and, and I did the wrong thing. And what's going on with that? And I'll tell you what's going on with that. It's a one prong attack to victory, not a three prong. Or, okay, let's add the prong of will, truth and will. I know what it's supposed to be and I'm going to go after it. No better definition of muscling it than that. Truth and will I know what I shouldn't be doing. I'm going to be dead to that Now let's just be dead to it And you're out there trying to force yourself and change yourself by the way never called to do that uh, Even romans 12, which says be transformed Passive statement. It's allow it to happen to you. God's doing the work by the renewing of your mind God at work in you And so it's not just truth. It's not just truth and will It's that whole worship moment with your God It's him working in and through you as you spend time with him. So now figure this out. We talked about a sin in the first step. Look at the three here. What am I not doing? That's keeping me from having victory, right? Which of the three, or maybe even two of the three, or maybe three of the three. What am I not doing that I need to do to get a victory here? To cooperate with the Holy Spirit in his work. Just so you know, on Sunday mornings when we preach here, we call this place an impact service. Okay, an impact service. We want the Holy Spirit to impact you. And so we walk through, we inform the head, we stir the heart, we challenge the will. That's our battle cry from the preach here. Inform the head. So as we walk, we're going to go word by word and phrase by phrase, letting God's word teach us, getting truth to our mind. Inform the head and then there's some illustrates and some examples some things where people are getting fired up Or we're talking back with each other and and sharing and and we're stirring the heart, right? And we're getting this worship focus going We're stoking the fire there So what are you going to do about it challenge the will? All three of these are in play in this sunday morning all the time You want to know why the holy spirit's banging on you here? (laughs) Because we're walking through all three aspects of what it takes to see the victory, the transformation, the considering, the recovering, the God doing a work in you. All right? That's what we're doing. May God get the glory as you go after what you need to go after. So, simple question to write down for you. What one or two or three of these things am I going after? Am I going after the heart? The worship? Am I going after the mind and the truth? Going after the will and the exercise and strength? What am I going after? That God might start to do some victory here. I'm just going to say this real bluntly. I didn't plan on saying this, but if you came out of any kind of an academic church in your upbringing, worship's going to be your issue. If it was always about head and facts and then action, you were taught to muscle it, truth and will. And the worship piece will be your light. If you came out of a more, I want to use this word carefully, but a charismatic and expressive environment, it might be that it's truth or will that's a little weaker and you're stronger in a worship expression and experience. Be careful where you've come from. It will shape where you're going. And make sure you challenge yourself to round out to have all three. And all of God's people said... (laughs) telling you, I want to be careful with that. That's not just a across the board, hundred percent true, but be careful where we go. We're going for victory. It is ours. All right. Third. So how in the world do I go about exercising this? Therefore choose wisely each day, presenting yourselves to the King, choose wisely each day, presenting yourselves to the King. Notice what he says, starting in verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Notice that it's a choice. Let not sin reign. You have a throne in your heart and you have a choice to make. Who sits on the throne? Christ or you? Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you may obey its passions. That's the flesh screaming at you. Okay. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. You are walking up to an altar and you're laying yourself down. You are presenting yourself. It has that sense to it, this consecrating yourself. Are you consecrating yourself to self and sin and unrighteousness or to God. And righteousness and his glory You have an opportunity and right now some of you you just heard this word. You just heard the word should Okay, you just heard this big responsibility word and none of this sounds fun at all All of it sounds like a responsibility and nothing else. So here we go. You ready? Hear me on this. I need all eyes looking up here. This is a big deal You ready? you will never ever Be more satisfied than when you are letting God have his way with you, transforming and shaping you. You will never have more joy. You will never have more satisfaction. There isn't one feeling in you, man, that will ever speak more strongly than your Holy Spirit's feelings and expression in your life. There is nothing worth having but your Christ. There is no should in this. It is 100% privilege and opportunity. The price has been paid. The debt is done. The victory is ours. And all of it should be what we want. It is time for us to let him speak to our mind, transform our mind, and shape where we add. God, renew my mind. Because I'm not even seeing it that way right now. Take it. Break it. And make me unbelievably strong for you. Privilege to know your Savior. I want you more happy and joyful in him than you ever have been before. This is not about some big should command. This is, it's already yours, man. And the Spirit's doing a work in you. Now cooperate with him. Put a smile on your face because you're going to be stunned with how awesome it is to run with your king to places you could have never gotten to alone ever, ever. Muscling it only gets so far up the mountain. This is getting mountaintop experience with your God. Clear? Man, that's the privilege we have with our king. He says, present ourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. Sin has no dominion over you. Why? Because of grace. Sin has no authority over you. Why? Because of grace. Because of Christ doing a work you did not deserve. Grace. Because of freedom that you can have and experience in him. Grace. May your God Be able to continue the work that he's already declared of you Remember justification he stands over you and he says this one is righteous And you're nowhere near it And those looking around are like what we don't see it and he said I have covered the payment judicially I treat them as righteous and now I declare of them what I will now do in them Cooperate with your god and let him have his way of doing in you that amazing work amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me once was lost but now i'm found that's god's work in our life may we express and experience victory one step at a time one sin at a time one degree of glory at a time may your god renew your mind That you listen less to the flesh and more to the spirit. You have power over sin. And all of God's people said, Amen. That's worth celebrating. Let's pray.